0: All right. Well, good morning, everyone. How's 11 a.m. doing today? It's great. It's great to see you guys. And we pray that you had a great week. And, hey, I just want to declare over you for this new week. Come on. It's Sunday, new day, new week. Amen? I just declare over you divine favor. Come on, somebody. Divine health in Jesus' name. The blessings of God over you and yours. Amen? Amen. This be a great week in the Lord. And I just want to ask you, for grace. Somebody say grace. Grace. We are exploding as a campus. We grew in the last year 49%. So when Lisa and I came here, we did not come two years ago uh, to grow some big church. We want to grow people. We want to reach people. And so God's doing great things, and I want you to know because I'm getting a lot of questions lately, uh, like, "Hey, what are we we doing? What's going on?" Like, so we don't know yet. You know, we're we're praying, uh, we're seeking God. We are strategizing, and uh, there will probably be some announcements coming soon. We got something really big at the end of this message. Uh, to jump on board with us about. But I do want you to know we have two other services, all right? The nine and the one. The nine is full, the 11 is slammed, and the, uh, uh, the one only has about 250 seats left. This is a great problem. We're reaching people for the Lord. It's incredible. We're glad you're here. So I just want you to know, especially I hear from Vintage Victory, what are we doing, Pastor Chris? We're praying. <laughs> That's the best answer you can give somebody. And, uh, and we, we are, we're, we're getting ready. We're getting ready to do some things. But uh, we're excited that you're here today. And if you have your Bible, i would ask you to turn to Matthew chapter six. And I wanna ask for uh, our team, I wanna take a moment as you're turning there in the Bible. I wanna ask for our youth team to come on the platform very quickly. And also Lisa and Pastor Chad. We wanna pray in somebody real quick. We're big about praying in people. And so many of you know, uh, probably about over a year ago, at Norcross, they piloted and pioneered a new ministry tailored just to our sixth graders. And guys, it blew up. It was incredible, great fruit over a year. But as we were praying and all that kind of stuff, you know, we're like, hey, don't leave us other campuses out. We want some too. And so we launched our sixth grade ministry in June, the beginning of June, and it's been going wonderful. But, somebody say, but. Uh As we just continue to go there with God, as we we are praying in church, like, Lord, what are you saying? We felt like we really needed to bring in the seventh graders, give them that opportunity that they wanted to, to step in with the sixth graders for what we're calling this rite of passage intensive. Anybody remember what it was like in sixth and seventh grade? Anybody don't want to remember what it was like? I don't. Good gosh. Um, And so it's It's hard. It's hard. It's hard being a sixth grader. It's hard being a seventh grader. And it's that transitional years. And we want to lean into them, love on them, lead them, and help them in that transitional two years. And at the end of the seventh grade, they will literally have a graduation into that young adult almost, that young youth coming into a mighty man and woman of God. Amen? And so, but here's what we know. You gotta have a leader. This comes under Victory Youth at every campus, Russ, TJ, and Bailey, but at the same time, we need a leader to specialize just in this ministry. And I'm, and, and I'm happy to introduce to you guys Mr. Sean Powell. Give it up for Sean, everybody. I like me some Sean, and if you get around Sean, you're gonna like him too. He has a heart for the Lord. he's a heart for the next generation. He's a former youth pastor. Come on, you can't go wrong there. I knew I liked you right away. And and at the same time, he has a heart for this. He feels called to do this. And that's what's most important. So blessings on you and Tiffany and the family. And so we're gonna pray him in. And by the way, if you're a sixth grader or a seventh grader in the room, and you want to, it's not too late, you can jump in today. He's gonna be walking out there, going downstairs to classroom A. You can jump in when, if you want to. So uh, let's pray together. If you were up here with us, reach your hands out this way. And we're gonna speak a blessing over Sean. Father, we thank you. We thank you for Sean, for Tiffany, for the family. First and foremost, we speak blessings on them. Yes. And we thank you for a man that has yes on his heart. Yeah. Oh, amen. And so, Lord, and right now in Jesus' name, I install you, Sean, as our sixth and seventh grade leader. You've already been doing it for the last couple of months, but we just publicly recognize what yeah. you've already been doing. Lord, I thank you for the heart, this man. I heard it over that lunch, that first lunch, Lord, just his heart for young people. And so, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, you enlarge his heart. Yes. Lord, you bless his family. And Lord, I know he is not alone doing this. There's a team of people in the nine and the 11, and soon coming the one. So, Father, would you, he's standing up here, but we bless the whole team that love on our children. And we thank you, Lord, that the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen and amen. Love you, Sean. Thank you, sir. Bless you, That's right. Lisa would say, Hey, remind him, he's a volunteer. So he's getting paid by the heavenly account, all right? Which is better than even the other. Speaking of the heavenly account, we're going there this morning. Y'all ready? All right, we're going there. Somebody say, "We're we're going there. I'm just curious, how many people were here last Sunday? Sign of hands real quick. All right, and you came back knowing we were talking about money. Money, money, money. Oh, there you go. It's always my 11 a.m. It's near and dear to my heart. 9 a.m. does this. I'm just kidding. I love 9 a.m. So I love them all. I love them all. 11 a.m. So, and I just say congratulations for coming back. You are the super elite special commando Christians. You're not scared of talking about money because you know we do it God's way. Amen? And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, Last Sunday, Pastor Johnson launched us into a new series called Trust Fund. Somebody say, Trust. trust. That's what it's all about trusting God, that all that we have is His. Amen? Amen? And if you missed it, please, please, please go back and watch it. This message that you're about to hear will even make more sense after you hear message number one. And listen, I just want to say this we are not doing a financial series just to do a financial series. We're on a beautiful journey. We started in February. We can't skip the verses just because maybe some of us don't like the subject, all right? We're right there in the Sermon on the Mount, what the world calls the greatest sermon that Jesus ever preached. We know that everything Jesus said was great, all right? And so he's right there talking about prayer, and then he goes into money. Somebody say money. money. And he starts poking. Have you noticed that? When you read the Bible, the Lord starts poking at your heart, and you're like, oh, do we have to talk about this? He's like, yeah, we're going to talk about it because I love you. He starts poking at our heartstrings. Why? Because Jesus knew then and he knows now for most of us, our quote unquote money is strongly connected to our hearts. Our hearts. And let me just say this. I understand, we got YouTube, we got Facebook on right now, everybody in the room and those who are watching this line, I understand why we get a little fidgety or a little funny when it comes to talking about money in church. Lisa and I, I'll just put it nicely, we've been around the block for a little bit. All right, we've seen a lot, we've heard a lot. I remember being in one service and the guy started talking about money and I was just thinking like, I I was just thinking to myself, I don't think that's in the Bible. I just remember hearing like, whoa, 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 brother, whoa. Um, And and then sadly, just again, because of our life experience, I'm a church kid, she's a church kid, we've been married 27 years and in ministry 27 years, so we've seen a lot. I've sadly seen manipulation with money and people in church. I hate it, I can't stand it, I run from it. Come on, somebody. So we've seen that. So no wonder people, and by the way, I'm just talking about me and Lisa, we're just two people. I know there's a whole bunch of people that you've had probably, you've heard of or seen negative experience when it comes to money in church. So no wonder people are skeptical when you talk about money in church. I get it, you get it. But let me just say this real quick for all of us in the room, those who are watching this line, that is not this church. And I just want to tell you, Victory is not a perfect church, but Victory handles money really well. And when they were interviewing us three years ago, we were interviewing them. And I was asking them some hard questions. They were asking me some hard questions. I wanted to know, what do y'all do with y'all money? What do you do when the money comes in? What, what, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I was asking questions because I, I don't want to be a part of that kind of church. I want to be a part of a biblical church. Amen. 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 And so I want to just say this to you, not because I'm the campus pastor here, but because we know it. We drilled them when we got here, and I've seen it for three years. Everything you hear on the subject of money is going to be biblically backed. Everything. Not Chris-backed, Bible-backed. All right, we got way too many opinions about things. We just need to get God's opinion about stuff. Amen? Also, everything we do, somebody say do. do. That's action. Everything we do with money is going to be done with biblical integrity and ultimately to advance the kingdom of God out there. Out there, amen. So, victory way before Chris and Lisa came on the scene, 33 years ago, victory decided with our founding pastors, we're going to at least what all 20% comes in, at least 20% of what comes in a church is going to go back out into local and global missions. That's incredible. We've never heard of a church that's done that. There probably are churches out there. We've been a part of a church that did 10, 15, five, but to have the money that comes in, 20% of it go out, that is mind blowing. And incredible. And listen, over this 33 years, and I'm bragging on God, by the way. I'm not bragging on victory. Victory is not an organization. Victory is a people. All right? I'm bragging on God, and I'm bragging on your generosity. Victory has given, listen to this, $94.7 million to missions in 33 years. That's incredible. That's incredible. And let me tell you how much that number, is, that number has grown. When we got here three years ago, it was 77 million. Now it's 94.7. When it gets 100, I said we throw a party. Yeah. A party of blessing others. A party of giving to the kingdom. Come on. It's not about us. We're not a country club church. It's not for us. It's for the kingdom. Right. Amen. Yeah. So why? Somebody say why. Why, why Lord. <laughs> no, you don't just, uh, <laughs> that just came out of me. So why do we talk? Why do we talk about money in church? Because the Bible talks a lot about money. So it, it, I mean, it really does. And there are actually roughly 2,350 verses. I know I researched it about money. That's twice as much as faith and prayer combined. And God is big about faith and prayer. Jesus had a lot to say about money. And he knows, listen, why? Because Jesus knows, he knows everything, I get it. But he knows the power that money could have over people. He knows the power that money can have, the potential that it can have over people. Jesus knows our relationship with money, it can influence our relationship with him. He also knows that if we can get his heart, somebody say his heart. If we can get a download of his heart on money, how about this, and stewardship, and how about one more, and generosity, if we can get his heart on that, guess what? We can be an agent of blessing and a world full of greed. Did you hear that in the back? He, in online, we can be, if we can get his heart on money and on financial principles, we can be agents of blessings in a world that is full of greed and selfishness. And let me tell you what, hopefully after last Sunday's message, if you were listening or again, go and watch it, we learned, or maybe it was redefined as a better word, about really what God says is the good life. I just want one day to have the good life. Well, we learned last week what the good life, really what God says about is. And here's the deal, and here's where we're gonna go today. Here's the key, this is the key, and I wanna encourage you to take notes. Why? Because it just makes it more sticky, all right? So the key, there's the key to thriving in in the good life, and here's where we're going today, is the health of our eyes. Our eyes. Somebody's like, what you talking about, Pastor Chris? I'll tell you in a second, this is where we're going. If you're taking notes, the title of today's message is good eyes, Good eyes. Why? Because perspective is everything. Perspective is everything. Amen? Let's go there. Matthew 6. Look down at verse 19. We'll do a couple verses just to kind of recap it, and then we'll go into the next. Holy Spirit, help me speak to these beautiful people in this room and those who are watching us online and for those who are sitting outside in chairs that can't fit in this room. Lord, speak to each and every one of our hearts. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Don't store up treasures here on earth. Let's look at how many times you see the word treasure. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them, where uh, where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures. Somebody say treasures. In heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, come on, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for the body. Now look at this. These verses can be a little perplexing, so stay with me. Your eye, verse 22, is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, somebody say healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, oh my goodness, how deep that darkness is. Let me ask you a question, stay there. And then if you want to if you're one of the students, we're going to go we're going to end on acts 3 if you want to just kind of put your finger there. And so, let me ask everybody a question here, and it starts with me. How are your eyes? How are your eyes? I met an optometrist after the 9 a.m. service in the lobby. He's like, I loved your message. Um, and then he gave me his card. Uh, and, and so, you know, our natural eyesight, it's, it's very important. We only got two set of eyes. Our, your, your, your eyesight, it's, it's very important. I remember I was preaching in 2016. It was, I vividly remember preaching in 2016. We were in Omaha, Nebraska. I was giving it all I got, just like I do with you guys each and every week. And uh, I looked down at the text. I looked down at my Bible, and everything was blurry. I'm like, what is happening? It's a demonic attack, you know. <laughs> no, actually, I needed reading glasses. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I'm squinting. Lisa's on the front row, and the congregation, I can tell they're, they're kind of leaning in, like, what's wrong with Chris? You know, And I'm, I'm doing this, like, huh? and, uh And I, I fought it for two or three weeks, and, and finally, finally I got some readers and I, I'm a 2.5 man, guys. That means when I look up at you, you're like, oh my gosh, look at those eyeballs. You know, like I got to see it clear. And, and I remember when I put, first put it on three weeks later after just wrestling with it, I, I looked up and all the body was like, ooh, you know, and I looked at the, at the words, I'm like, ooh, you know, it was clear. Everything was crystal clear we got to take care of our eyes. Some of you remember your grandma saying, eat those carrots. You might know what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I don't like carrots. but uh, <laughs> But let me just say this. Your spiritual eyesight is even more important. Your physical eyesight, stay with me, is important. All right? And I don't need to strain. You don't need to strain whether you're driving or whatever it is or, you know, glasses if you need them. I know it. We fight it. Do it if you need it. Your natural eyesight is very important. You only got two eyes. But your spiritual eyes are even more important. And some people, listen to me. This is coming to me right now. Some people can see with their physical eyes, but they are blind spiritually. And I believe over this series, if you will lean in, because we are preaching Bible, not Chris's opinion or Johnson's opinion, but God's opinion on this. I believe that many of us are going to receive over this next four weeks, as we look at the verses line by line through the Sermon on the Mount, I believe some of us are going to receive some Holy Spirit LASIK corrective surgery. And we're going to get God's perspective Not what people told you, God's perspective on money. And in doing so, listen, we're going to be able to trust God like never before. Some of you at the end of this four weeks, if you'll lean in, you're going to be the most liberated people on the planet about this subject. You're just going to be like, God's got me. I'm going to obey. He's got me. And then the second part is God's going to be able to trust you at the end of this series even more because you're no longer going to be living like a reservoir. You're going to be a river. Do you get that difference? You're no longer going to be a pond, you're going to be an ocean. And if he can, and maybe write this down if you've never heard this before, if he can get it through you, he's going to get it to you. And so, c- come on, we've we got to recognize this. What, the money, it can be so, and we've all been there, and, and, and we'll probably all be there. We wrestle with this subject, don't we? Not because of God, but because, you know, money. You know what they say, right? Money makes the world go around. That's a lie. God makes it go around. And money's not evil, it's neutral. It's what you do with it. Actually, Jesus did say, though, the love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil. And so what used to be a source of stress and selfishness, come on, somebody, over these few weeks as we look at the Lord's words, this message, what used to be a source of selfishness and stress and anxiety, I'm praying, we're praying, will be a source of joy and generosity in your life. Amen? And it all, listen, this is very important. It all starts with our heart, last week's message. And then it moves to our eyes today. And then, by the way, it goes to your hands. See, too many of us are led by our wallet and not by the heart of God. My wallet needs to follow my eyes, which needs to follow the heart, which is, has to be. And every day, it's a battle. Hello, remove passion from my name. I'm just a man. I'm just Chris. Chris. I fight the same temptations you do every day. Lord, I resubmit my heart to you. Not what Chris wants, what Christ wants. Let's look at the same verse, just the two verses. Y'all still with me? Uh, out of the Amplified. I like Amplified. It brings out the tense of what's being said there. It puts it in parentheses if you've never read in Amplified before. Let's look at just the two verses about the eyes, Okay. The eye is the lamp of the body, right here on the screen. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is clear, what's he speaking about here? Look, here's in the parentheses, spiritually perspective, your whole body will be full of light. What does that mean? It means you're benefiting from God's precepts, his truths, his principles. But if your eye is bad, spiritually blind, your whole body will be full of darkness, devoid of God's precepts, devoid of his principles, devoid of his truth. So if the very light inside of you, what is he talking about? Inside of you, your inner self, your, your, your heart, your, who you are deep inside, your conscience. If the very inside of you is darkness, how great and terrible is that darkness? Now, these, are, uh, these two verses, you can do a study on yourself and find out, these two verses are skipped a lot by Christians. Because it's like, what is he talking about? I this, blah, you know, like Jesus is going off on a rabbit trail in his own message. And I'll be honest with you. I skipped these verses in my 20s, in my early 30s. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Okay, is he talking about purity? I think he's talking about purity, my eyes. Remember when we were kids? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you? See. see? So yes, we need to be careful what we're looking at because what we look at will come in. But that's not what Jesus is talking about, and Jesus is not off on a rabbit trail. The whole thing is about money. Jesus was talking about money, and, and actually what he is saying Though maybe perplexing to us, what he's saying was very clear to his audience. Remember who the audience was. Mainly Jews, probably thousands, sprinkled in with Gentiles. That's us. And so the Jewish community knew exactly what he was saying. He was using a popular idiom. Not idiot, idiom. All right? He was using a popular idiom at the time. That his audience immediately recognizes, oh, I see where he's going. But we read it and we're like, what is he talking about? And so an idiom is a phrase or an expression. You probably don't even realize, but we all say idioms all the time. It's a phrase or an expression that typically represents a non-literal meaning. For example, I'll give you one that's real popular in our society in America. Kill two birds with one stone. That's an idiom. And every bird lover cringes when they hear that. Um, And we're not talking about killing birds. We're talking about taking down two things on whatever it is in our life with one thing. All right, so we're accomplishing more. That's an idiom. And so Jesus is using this good eye, bad eye idiom. Let's spell it out real quick so we can get on the same page, right here on the screen. A good eye, or good eyes refer to one who is generous and wants to bless others. Father, give us good eyes, come on. And if you have bad eyes, that means you're stingy and greedy. So let me just say this. I did some, uh, just some research on this. This is actually not just an idiom back in the day. This was preached 2,000 years ago live on that mountain. But they still say it today. And I was reading a story over the weekend uh, about this, that there was a family there in Jerusalem in a neighborhood. And this is so crazy. I, I, man, I immediately started praying for them. Two of the family members have cancer. And I was like, my gosh, one person gets cancer. It's hard enough. Two people in the family got cancer. Come on, but let me just say this. Somebody needs to hear this. Cancer has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Cancer ain't bigger than Jesus. All right? Remember that. Uh, It will try to paralyze you, but it's got to bow to Jesus. All right? So, side note for somebody that needs to hear that. But the family and friends were going around the neighborhood, knocking on doors, and they would say this, this phrase, if you have a good eye, would you be generous enough to give to the family? If you have a good eye, would you be generous enough to give? Please, if you have a good eye, would you give to this family? They can't afford all the surgery and all the stuff. So it's, it's a thing of speaking of generosity. It's known in, in the Jewish community. You know, there's an old proverb that says that the eyes are the window of the soul. You ever heard that? Because when you look in someone's eyes, if you really pay attention, if we can all slow down enough, and any husband knows, you better look at your wife's eyes when she's talking, especially when she's sharing her heart. I've had at least a couple times, are you going to look at me? I'm like, oh, oh, Lord, yeah, yeah, yes, I'm paying attention. Put the phone down. How about this, parents? Put the phone down when your kid comes to you and is vulnerable for a moment or they won't come back. Put the phone down. Turn the TV off. Attention is really important. Y'all with me? Amen. And so, good eyes, bad eyes. You know, we we we've, we've got to recognize this and and understand the power of looking in people's eyes. You know, you've heard uh, tired eyes. Anybody heard tired eyes before? That's me from time to time. That's all of us from time to time. Tired eyes doesn't mean you're a weak Christian. Tired eyes means you've been running real fast for a little bit. And you can look in your eyes. You can look at someone's eyes, like man. And by the way, don't tell them, you look tired. Don't do that. <laughs> that makes people feel even worse. But like, hey, man, how's it going? You know, like, and I'll be like, I'll tell people, man, I've been running lately, you know. And so the eyes are the window of the soul because you know why? They're connected straight to our heart. Now, this whole uh, good eye, bad eye, you might be surprised to know that it's full of, this all in the scriptures, in Psalms and Proverbs. I want to give you two, one for both. Right here, the first one. From Proverbs 22, nine, New King Jimmy, look what it says right here. He who has a generous eye will be blessed for he gives of his bread to the poor. Come on, look, let's say, keep back on that one for a second if you don't mind, Proverbs 22, nine: He who has a generous eye will be blessed for he gives of his bread to the poor. I heard something the other day, I wish I had thought about this earlier in the nine, that when Jesus said, when I was hungry, he didn't say for us to sing him a worship song. What did he say? And you fed me. That's what a generous person does. Now look at this, the next one, looking at the bad eye, Proverbs, again from Proverbs. There's full of, the, there's full of it, I'm just telling you, Proverbs 28, 22, do your own study. A man with an evil eye, now that word there is greedy. That's if you dive into it, it's greedy. A man with a greedy eye, a greedy heart, really, Hastens after riches. They're, they're, they're running after money. Money, 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 money. I gotta get more money. More money, more money. More. You're just running after riches. Just for riches. Can I tell you what? We need to be a people running after God. Amen? God's got your family. He's got you. You'll wear yourself out running after money. Hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will actually come upon him. That poverty will come upon him. So the good eye the bad eye. We've got to, we've got to recognize this. And here, here's the thing, if we can. In this selfish, greedy society, can I just tell you, it is very easy. Somebody say easy. easy. It is very easy for all of that to get on us if we're not careful. anybody know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's just, it's just easy. It can just jump on us, especially when it comes to money. It's my money. I I earned this. I I earned this promotion. I earned this bonus. I, I earned this pay raise, whatever it is. And you did. You worked hard and you earned it, whatever it is. And yes, God wants us to be blessed. He wants you to be blessed. But we forget the other part, to be a blessing. But listen to me. But somewhere along the way, if we're not careful, Chris, starting with Chris Frith and all of us in the room, And those who are watching us, somewhere along the way, if we don't guard our heart and our eyes, all the blessings can quickly become mine, my stuff, my car, my money, my house, my 401k. I earned that. Mine, mine, mine. And if we're not careful, we can become me centered and mine focused. Me centered in mind focus and that is the message of the world right. and what i'm afraid is a lot of people in the church capital c and i'm looking at all of us starting with me a lot of people we got to make sure we get an eye examination from time to time because a lot of people in the church still have bad eyes and we we will allow through all kinds of ways, the spirit of the world. I'm not talking about the planet. I'm talking about there is a spirit. It comes straight from the planet of, uh, planet of hell. It comes straight from the pit of hell. There's not a planet called hell. Um, it comes straight from the pit of hell, and it can jump on you real quickly. And it can become a little G-O-D in your life. And, it's, and if you look a little deeper into that, it's full of selfishness and greed. And it can jump on you before you know it. And I understand why. I mean, I've really, I've done a deep dive on this. I understand why. And I know my own personal battles, especially when we were making pennies as a youth pastor for years. I'm like, I just, I struggled through it. Thank God the Lord would bring me back to his promises and his word. But, but why, why is it so hard in this world? Because listen to me, since we, were, since we were children, but especially the last 20 years, since we were children, the message of the world has been all about self-esteem, self-improvement, and self-help. That's the message of the world. But the problem is it turns into selfishness. The Bible says, Lord, you are my help and my strength. If I get involved self, I just mess things up. You might know what I'm talking about. We need the Lord's help. He is my confidence, not you, not anybody. God is my confidence. He helps me in my esteem as I humble myself before the Lord. It's all about him. I feel, Come on, we find everything in the Lord, amen? And we know that, but God help us live it. Mm, help us live that, that everything comes from him, everything we have, everything I need as a man, as a husband, as a father, is found in him. Everything I need to lead, to pastor you, is found in him. Amen? We gotta be careful that we don't catch that cold that's going around right now. Y'all heard about that cold? So we had it for a few days. Uh, there was a cold. It's like a, you can't quit coughing cold. It was bad. I was fine. I kept Lisa, I bubble wrapped her in the room and everything and somehow it still got me. And I mean, by day three, I don't know if, if, if you've ever experienced before, I was coughing so hard, my chest was hurting. Yeah, just... All, I'm so muscular. All my muscles were just <laughs> stressed. Y'all know that ain't true, but uh, there's a cold. Have you heard? It's called the Wiffem. Have you heard about the Wiffem? No. That's W-I-F-F-M. The Wiffem cold. What's in it for me? <laughs> Y'all thought I was talking about like a real contagion or something, did not you? what's in it for me? It's a cold. And let me tell you what, the only cold medicine we need to do to get rid of it is get back in the word of God. We don't need to have an attitude of what's in it for me. (laughs) Oh, I know our flesh don't like this, but I'm telling you, we got, we're going to, we got to understand and recognize selfishness comes straight from the pit of hell. Let me give it to you like this. Somebody needs to write this down. The nature of Satan is selfishness, but the nature of God is generosity. Leave that on the screen for a second. The nature of Satan, by the way, little s. I wasn't going to have them capitalize that thing. I'm like, keep that little s. The nature of Satan is selfishness, but the nature of God, all caps, is generosity. Well, Pastor Chris, how do you know that? How is God's generosity? The greatest of all, for God so loved the world that he, he gave. There's nothing more. I mean, that, that's it. That's, that's the top. So here, And here's the real scary truth as we go there with the Lord. If we don't repent of our bad eyes, I've already explained what, you that, what that is, selfishness and greed and, uh, and envy. It's all under bad eyes. If we don't repent of the bad eyes and let God do his corrective surgery, his spiritual surgery, let me tell you what, we will eventually go blind. We, we will eventually go spiritually blind. That's why I said some of us can see with our eyes, but we can't see anything else. John Piper said it best. Look at this quote right here. He says, the blind eye cannot see the beauty of grace. Look at these words here. Or the brightness of generosity. The blind eye cannot see the unexpected blessings to others as a precious treasure. It is an eye that is blind to what is truly beautiful and bright and precious and godlike the blind eye sees money and material reward as more to be desired than a beautiful display of free gracious godlike generosity Mm. father give us good eyes amen Amen. give us good eyes from the front to the back everybody watching line father give us good eyes and notice where i'm putting my right here my heart it starts with my heart and then it goes to my eyes give us good eyes and here's how, here's how we get the good eyes and the corrective surgery. When we every day submit to Jesus, our vision gets corrected. When we go to the word of God and, you, you, and the Lord begins speaking to you and poking about things in your life, he's not doing it to make you feel bad. He loves us enough to talk about the hard stuff so we can get his perspective on things. And we can walk in his ways because his ways are best. Amen? Our vision gets corrected, and guess what? Something happens, and it's pretty incredible. There's a shift that happens in the spirit in your eyes. Just, I, I want to just condense it because the time gives you like this right here on the screen. When we get eye vision correction from the Lord, our eyesight shifts from earth to heaven. Earth to heaven. So from me, all about me, to others. And then from selfishness to, come on, say it with me, generous. Leave that on there for just a second. When you submit to Jesus, this is what happens to your spiritual eyes. And again, submission is not a a one-time prayer you pray at the altar. Submission is a daily prayer to the king. Our eyesight shifts from earth to heaven. Now, everybody, if you can, look up here real quick. I'll try to give you the best picture I can just in this moment. When your eyes are blind or when your eyes are bad, I'm looking at you, Edwin, right here, brother. Love you. Chicken and waffles, chicken and waffles. Uh, So... So here's the deal. When, when your eyes are blind or when you have bad eyes, all you see is this level. That's all you see. And I can't see past maybe the front fourth row of just people. It's just, that's all you can see. When you have the good eyes and you're submitted to the Lord, you can see things at 30,000 feet. You can see over what's going on. You can see God allows you to see things in the spirit. You're like, oh, okay, that's what you're, okay. And he he gives you wisdom and discernment and perspective on things that you couldn't see. We've got to submit our eyes to Jesus. And it starts with our heart so we can see things and we can see life and we can see people the way Jesus sees people. And we can see life the way Jesus sees life because life ain't about us, baby. Life is about him and others. It's about him. It's not about what's in your checking account. It will all be gone. Lord's saying to us, he's saying to me, what will you do with what you have? Not what you want one day. What did you do with what you had? Lord, let it be that we did it for you, amen? And when we get God eyes, things become crystal clear. You see bright, it's no longer dull, you're no longer squinting. You you see things that are crystal clear. I don't know what better in 2020 vision, but it's better than 2020 vision. It's crystal clear, HD, 4K. I can't think of anything else, you know. (laughs) You see life clear. You get it. You're like, okay, I get it, Pastor Chris. We see people differently. You don't see people as a nuisance anymore. You see people the way Jesus sees people. We see life in others through our Father's eyes. Jesus was inviting the crowd that day, 2,000 years ago, and he's inviting me and you today to look upon life and others with his eyes. Amen? This is one of my my faves, Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, right here on the screen. And I like the way the message puts it. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. I hear in a lot of... Sowing and reaping and all that right there. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. I'll close out with this story from Acts chapter three. I gave you a heads up there. Go over to Acts chapter three real quick. An amazing story in the book of Acts. And we're gonna look at it together. I'm reading out the NLT. Acts chapter three, y'all there? And it just gives us a great example of good eyes, and what we have to do to truly see people and to see needs the way that God sees. It says that Peter and John went to the temple. Y'all there? You good? Yeah. All right. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day, this is really important You see this, he was put beside the temple gate. So he was lame from birth. We don't know how old he was, but he's been lame for a long time. And each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so that he could beg, beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Then Peter and John, look at this. Peter and John, and we just kind of highlight this so we could focus on these words here. Peter and John looked at him intently. But notice what got his attention. It was actually the man. Money, alms, alms to the poor, help. Could you help a man? Could you help a brother? Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, there's a lot of looking going back and forth now. He's like, look at us. So Peter's looking at him, and then he tells the man, look at us. And so the man is thinking what we would all think if we were in his situation. The man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. Because if anybody gave him attention, it was just to give him money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. I saw that yesterday, and I've read this a million times. It feels like, I, and the Lord kind of just pointed out to me, it wasn't that he had money. This, that wasn't what he needed. I don't have silver and gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Verse seven, last two verses. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. Now look, that had to be a really intense moment, very crazy, because the guy's not healed yet, so he's helping him up. That guy to be freaking out like any of us would be. Like, hey, wait, what you doing? You're not even giving me money, now you're trying to move me? And he picks him up, and look what the scriptures say. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up. Started moonwalking, stood on his feet, began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praying. I mean, this guy was doing every dance on the May. I mean, this guy, he had been lame from birth. He was dancing around having a blast. These legs that are now working. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Before I take a few moments and brag on God, let's just look at this final point here, this message. Let's let's go back before this incredible story. I I encourage you to go go read that later and let the Holy Spirit show you something. Guys, in Acts chapter two before, so Acts chapter three, in Acts chapter two, the Bible tells us that every day the people were going to church. They called it the temple, but they were going to church. And Peter and John included. Peter and John and all the disciples who became the apostles, this early church that was exploding in in Acts chapter two, they're, they're going to church every day. Well, who was also there at the temple gate every day that they would see this guy? Every day they're going. The church people are going. And that means that Peter and John were there every day. The cripple was there every day. And here's my question for us, just to make us think and go there. The Holy Spirit was highlighting this to me yesterday. How many times did Peter and John walk right past this guy? How many times did church people walk right past him? We got to get in, especially 11 a.m. If you don't get there like 50 minutes early, you don't get a seat. You know, they they were uh, they were just getting in the church. Now, please let me pause for a moment. You can't help everybody, but we got to make sure that we are listening to the Holy Spirit, taking our time, moving slow enough that we hear the voice of the Lord to say, "Meet that need, love on that person, give them an encouraging word." How many times did church people walk by this guy, and you know he had to be loud, help, money? On for the poor. How many times did the church leave going to their favorite restaurant? Walking him by. Just food for thought right here on the screen. Could it be that in the midst of quote unquote living for Jesus, they walked right past the people who needed him most? Could it be? That's why I'm saying again and again, Father, keep my eyes open. Give me good eyes. Amen? Amen. To see all that I have and to see everyone else the way you see people. See all that I have through your eyes. And listen, the Father used it. I said it earlier. The Father used the cripple to speak up to get Peter to see him. You see, something happens when we slow down. Somebody say "Slow slow down. Something happens when we slow down and pause and intentionally look around say it to you like this, most of the time we don't want to look because if we look, then we have to act. Most of the time we don't want to look because if we look, then we have to act. And I'm guilty as charged. And it could be like, man someone, man, someone needs to help that person. And the Lord's like, that someone is you. i close this thought, then I want to brag on God for a few moments. Recently, we had to go to the hospital to pray uh, for a brother in our church. And I took a few brothers with me. It was a pretty serious situation. So uh, it was amazing going into that room and the presence of God was already in the hospital room. And, uh, and then we prayed, man, God came in, like He really came in, it was amazing. I'll, I'll actually never forget it. It was that powerful, the presence of God in the hospital room. Come on, God can fill a hospital room just like he can fill your room and the church room. So we're leaving afterward encouraged, and the person we prayed for, very encouraged, as you would be and I would be. And we're we're walking down the hallway, and the ER is flooded. It's packed. And they were actually, they couldn't even get them a room in the hospital room because those rooms were full, so they were in an ER room. But there were people all lined up in the hallway waiting to get a room. So we're just walking by all these people. And I'll just pause for a second and say, I think there's been a sensitivity that's awakened in my heart because for for those that know what Lisa went through, uh, we lived in the hospital, it feels like, uh, for a couple months earlier in the year with Lisa fighting horrible, horrible kidney stones. And so I had to have one surgery and then another surgery. And I remember being in the ER, and I'm so thankful for doctors and nurses, but I remember we were in the hallway. All the rooms were full. So I know this experience. I was there with her. I wasn't feeling what she was feeling, but I, I mean, my heart was hurting, and I was getting angry, like... My wife needs to be seen. I felt like we were just a number, and again, the nurses were overwhelmed. So I love our nurses and our doctors, but I know, I know that feeling, and maybe that's awakened in me. And so we walk by this one lady. I'm following the wife of the person we prayed for, and I'm with a brother. We walk by, and I see this girl, uh, a girl, a 40 year old lady, and she is in horrible pain. I could just tell. And I walk past her, and the Lord says, "Stop!" And I I heard it in my I don't know if you, when you hear, know the Lord, I mean, I heard it in my bones. And he said, pray for her. And this is not me. The old Chris, way back in the day, uh, I I avoided hospitals. God's done so much in my life in the last 10 years. You take me, I'll go with you to the ER. We'll we'll pray. We'll pray over everybody. That's a different Chris than 10 years ago. Um, And uh, I would find a way to get out of going to pray for people at the hospital. And so anyway, long story short, I turn around. And the lady's right there with her husband, and he is angry. I, I know that pain. And I just said, hey, um, I'm, I'm a, I lean down. She's in horrible pain. She's crying. I said, hey, I'm, I'm a pastor, um, and the Lord just told me to pray for you. I don't know if you know him, but I, I just want to pray for you. What's going on? And she's like, I mean, in tears. Can, I could hardly understand. I'm hurting so bad. They don't know what I'm hurting. I need someone to come see me. And he's over there. I mean, he is angry. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to pray for you. Then I'm going to pray for him because he needs prayer too. <laughs> I'm, any minute, I feel like he's about to hit me, you know. And so I literally asked his permission because I, I could tell he was angry. And I understand that. And I said, uh, sir, if it's okay, I'd like to pray for your wife. Do you want to pray? He just nodded and said, didn't come over. I was like, all right, we're going to get you next. All right. And, uh, and I just prayed for her. And after I got done praying, I, I, I want to tell you that in my mind I saw a Lazarus moment, and she just walked up, and all of a sudden the Hammond and bee came out, we just started having church right there in the ER. None of that happened. <laughs> she's crying even harder. And, but I, I, here's the deal. We're supposed to just be obedient. And so I'm praying for her, and when I'm done and I get to, to, to get up, she won't let go of my hands. And she's just like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I mean, God's breaking my heart as I'm praying for a stranger. And God, I believe, was breaking her heart. And I'll just tell you this. As I walked away, I just kept thinking, not because of me. And here my heart, please, I'm just using a recent experience that happened. I'm telling you, she will never forget that. Amen. And, and I believe that healing was coming no matter what. But she will never forget that a stranger stopped to pray for her in dire pain we got to look at people through the eyes of Jesus, church. we got to have good eyes. Somebody say good eyes. good eyes. Good eyes see people the way God sees people. Good eyes see stuff and money the way that God sees the stuff and the money. Good eyes, listen to me, good eyes recognize everything I have comes from him. It all belongs to him. I'm only a steward. That's what good eyes, good eyes see. I'm just a steward. I'm just a steward. Good eyes go the extra mile for people. Good eyes Give until it hurts, knowing that we can never outgive our God. Good eyes see and respond according to needs in the situation as they're listening to the Holy Spirit, and as they slow down and pause and respond. Good eyes. And good eyes know this it's better, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. May the Lord give us good eyes. Amen. Now, if you will allow me, I want to share some really crazy God stuff. Can I do that for just a couple minutes? And I want you to hear this, and then you're going to see something really, really cool. Um, at Victory, we, we have been a people, as of, we were just bragging now, on God and on your generosity that we really want to meet the needs of the world around us. We're not a country club church. If you're looking for a church and you're looking for a church that's all about you, we're not that church. We're about the king and His advancing his kingdom. Amen? We have all kinds of stuff that can bless and minister to you, but we are here for the world. The world ain't here for us. It's a different way of looking at it. This place, this beautiful place, this campus, this property, is here for this greater community. It's not here for us. It's just a building. It's just a property. It's beautiful, but it's here to be a blessing. Amen? Amen. And we've seen some pretty amazing things. I want to just tell you what came out of one meeting. We call it the 20% meeting. I already told you, twenty percent. everything that comes in, 20% goes out. These few things, just brag on God, and they'll be on the screens too. We completed a dormitory for rescued girls at a school in Kenya. We ran hot water into the home for special need kids in Ecuador. We helped four young adults get adopted into families in Georgia. We sponsored a summer camp this past summer in Georgia to help inner city kids get off the streets and find Jesus. We sponsored a job program for homeless men in downtown Atlanta. And I could go on and go on. All these things happened in one meeting called the 20% meeting. And that was all done in one month. That was, I think, in April or May. In, incredible! Come on, can we give the Lord? That's incredible, incredible. If he can get it through you, he will get it to you. And that's the church we always wanna be, amen? Just a couple more things. Can I brag a couple more minutes longer? Um, this past June, we gave 316000 to build Layla's home in South Florida to rescue women caught in human trafficking. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And many of you many of you remember, or I'll remind you and inform those who don't know that many of you guys will remember that a recent project back in the early, year, early spring uh, where we found a Christian family in South Asia who had been trapped in slavery for generations and we spent only a few thousand dollars and rescued mom and dad and their five kids. And they are now out of slavery in Jesus' name. Incredible. 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 We did that. We did that. You did that. I did that. We got to be a part of that. I could go on and go on. Finally, this past December as an entire church, we looked we pa- well, we paused and we looked and we saw men who had been incarcerated and the fact that 70% of them end back up in jail after their release. So we partnered with a ministry that's loving on men and helping men called Tackle the Shackles in our Christmas gift to the world right here on the screen. And we sowed $420,000 in that ministry so they could get a new home for men. And they got it. They got it. Turn your attention to the screen, and let's look at this house real quick. Watch this.
1: Tackle the Shackles is a ministry that helps men coming out of prison. There are over 10,000 men coming out every week in America. 70% of them go back, and they go back because they don't have that better second chance of housing, jobs, transportation, life coaching, and Tackle the Shackles is here to tackle those shackles. We're excited about being able to provide and serve these men to come back and reintegrate back into society.
2: My name's Stacy McPhee. I was incarcerated six months. Prior to coming here, man, my life was out of control. When I got out, got in contact with Pastor Lee, and I wound up here. And when I came here, man, I knew this where God wanted me to be. I've been at the new Tackle the Shackle reentry home for about four months, it's it's here to help a person get their life back together, you know? It's here to help a person get back in tune with Christ. It's so peaceful, you know, in the mornings you can get up and read you some scriptures and go sit out there on the back deck and, you know, just be at one, you know, with Christ and with God. God has blessed me since I've been here, you know, to obtain a, a very, very good job. I couldn't ask for nothing better. You know, it has truly been a blessing to me So I take that every day and I give God his
1: praises. Victory, your Christmas gift to the world, allowed us to purchase this beautiful home to be able to house seven men at a time to help them reintegrate back into society. We're able to purchase a van to get the men back and forth to work, to probation office, to courts. And we have plans on this 2.2 acres of land to put a prefab home, and we're looking forward to be able to serve more men. Thank you, Victory, for partnering with Tackle the Shackles.
0: Come on! That is awesome!
3: I did that, you did that, we all did did that that with God's help. And it is amazing to be a part of a church where literally our literal dollars are going to change the world around us. It's an exciting time to be here. 2.2 acres. 2.2 acres we don't even have 2.2 acres i'm kind of jealous it's really beautiful (laughs) but anyway what a blessing to have been a part of that and you know right now we have an amazing opportunity that we want to share with you to lean into as a body and it's going to happen right here at victory hamilton mill every campus at victory has their own initiative that they're going to begin leaning into today and we have some exciting things to share with you
0: yeah if you'll just look right here at the banner transforming communities i mean i think you've heard the heart even in this message That it's not about us. It's about us being a blessing to our community. And transforming community uh, is our pillar. It's one of our four foundational pillars that the Lord gave Pastor Dennis and Pastor Colleen uh, a long time ago. And, man, we are seeing incredible things happen. And we want to be very intentional about investing into our community and building a bridge. Somebody say a a bridge. A bridge to who? To us? No, to Jesus. We don't do things so people come to our church. We don't do something to Jesus. They come to church, praise God, but we wanna give them a bridge straight to Jesus, amen? A bridge to those around us. And uh, you know, we've been thinking about this a long time that if VHM, stay with me on this last few moments, if VHM, heaven forbid, disappeared tomorrow, would this local community notice? If it closed its doors, would it be felt? We believe it would. We believe it would. And we're bragging on God when we say that. We believe people would feel it in this whole area and all the little cities and towns around here that God has used VHM to be a blessing. And of course, partnering with other, the body of Christ, because we're not the only church in town. Can Amen. I say something? Absolutely.
3: About a year and plus months ago, uh, we were cleaning up after a Sunday morning service and a woman wandered into the cafe, basically, with her young child, her daughter. She after was the, looking After the one. Yes, after the one o'clock, she was looking for the restroom and she was looking around and looking around and she said what is this? I said, this is church. (laughs) And she said, can I look around? And so we gave her a tour. And long story short, this woman just fell in love with what Victory was all about. She's been attending. She's been baptized here. She's plugged into a small group. And I'm telling you, she wandered in. She said, we come to the playground often, but we've never been on a Sunday. And so they wandered in on a Sunday afternoon. We're able to connect and build community. And that's why we have the property that we have, to bless our
0: community. That's right. God has blessed us with so much here with this beautiful campus and all this acreage. Talking about acreage, it's a lot. And we believe it's for a reason. So real quick, let's take a walk outside. Watch this rock group. Hey, Victory. Well, here we are on this beautiful piece of property, this acreage. Beautiful. Lake Familton right behind us, the playground, (laughs) everything here. But here's the thing about it. We are here for the community. Yes. Yes, all that we have on this acreage and this property is a benefit to us, but we are here to be a blessing to To the community, community.
3: right? Yes. In 2019, Pastor Johnson and Pastor Summer Bowie, now the senior pastors of Victory, were here at this campus and they had a dream and a vision in their heart to see a beautiful playground put up here on our campus and really not for our congregation. It was for the community to draw people out of their homes to come enjoy what God has blessed us with and really to build a bridge to connect us to the people around us. And we are ready to dream big and we are super excited to show you that right here in this place that we're standing we see, and we are believing for an open air pavilion covered open air pavilion with a concrete floor big enough for a good handful of stationary picnic tables where people can come out of their homes and come into our property and enjoy each other's company have a meal together it's going to be amazing an amazing opportunity to continue to strengthen the bridge and have people come out listen all throughout the week people people are here they're playing basketball they're on the playground they're fishing in lake They're walking the grounds and we have a dream and a vision to continue what the buoys started to see us to be a blessing to our community.
0: That's right. Speaking of Lake Familton, and we call it Lake Familton because VHM is all about family. Come on, Familton. Lake Familton, we envision and we're going to build a walking trail double wide uh, for moms and dads and baby carriages and everything else double wide around the whole place. Yes. Why? Because we have people walk the campus all the time, walkers everywhere. Especially on the weekend, so be a blessing for that. And lastly, envision with me lights. Come on. We have no lights. Yeah. And when the sun goes down, the fun stops around here. And so, and when we do get lights, we have to rent them, we have to pay for it. So, we envision and we want to see permanent lights out here on our basketball court out here in the pavilion so that the fun can continue even when the sun goes down. Yes. So, listen, BHM, join with us pray with us. Let's do this together. Let's hit this hard for the kingdom and to be a blessing to this greater community. Yeah,
3: let's do it.
0: Come on.
3: Come on now. Yeah, I had a little bit of blocking going on, but listen, we know what you're thinking. This room is wall-to-wall people. Look around. You can't see what we can see, but it is wall-to-wall people and people in the lobby. We know what you're thinking. We need more room at VHM. We're praying about it. What are we we doing? Listen, we are. We're praying. We're planning behind the scenes. We're strategizing across all campuses. There's tremendous growth happening at Victory right now.
0: I want to just say this real quick just to, to set the record straight. We're not going to spend millions and millions of dollars to double the size of this auditorium. We're not going to do it.
3: we got to look out,
0: we're, not in. we got to look out. There's things we might do, and we need, a, we need a bigger lobby, and we need a bigger cafe for people and to make space. But we want to see the majority of the money that comes in go out and to be a blessing to the community. Amen?
3: God will bless us for it. He
0: will. Yeah. So we're, we're going to go there together. We want to encourage you to come with us. We have, I think, the QR code right here on the screen if it comes up. There it is and you can click on that or you can go to connecttovictory.com after you pray, Lord, what would you have us give? Here's my challenge to all of us, starting with me and Lisa, pray, somebody say pray, and then ask God and as you pray, what would you have me give? And what if we all gave something? And let me just say this to everybody because we all go through hard times. All of us do. We will again. If you give small or you give big, whatever you think small and big is, it's all significant to God. It's all significant to God. It comes from the heart. It comes from the heart. And so we're not, we're not doing all this for us. We see all that God's blessed us with for this community. Of course, you can use it any time, but it's for this community and this world. We can't change the whole world, but we can change this world around here. Just like the story Lisa shared. And there's more people now walking across the street to come to church. And when you hear year.
3: pavilion, walking trail and lights, don't hear it, but see it here. See people. See people. See people.
0: Yeah. Coming. Don't hear pavilion. Yeah, I'm sorry, babe. Don't hear pavilion. Don't hear, you know, walking trail. Lights. See people. See people. Amen? Amen. Can we stand together? Again, you can go to connecttovictory.com. Click on Hamilton Mill. We don't want to go on a Norcross. Come on,
3: Hamilton Mill. Future builders. You'll go there. You'll see future
0: builders. Yes. Delete that from the uh, video. Please
3: please choose the drop-down and choose Hamilton Mill.
0: Yes. Hey, can we reach our hands out this way? Just like we're receiving. Receiving the love of God. Come on. As we close out. Lord, we just want to thank you that you gave so much to us. You gave us your only son. You loved us that much. And we just... We wanna live our lives in a way of generosity, not just money, but our lives being generous. People get around us the fragrance of generosity, of, of giving people time and attention and love and care and blessing. So Lord, use us. And I speak now a blessing over each person here. As we go our separate ways today, God, would you bless my family? Would you bless them? As we go out these doors today, God, would you bless them, God, to be a bright light shine the light in the the darkness, God, and to share that love. Lord God, give us divine appointments all week to talk about you, to love on people. Help us us slow down. Help us pause and help us look on life and people with your eyes. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Prayer team's going to be up here. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. God bless you. Have a Jesus week.